Next on BYU Sports Nation, action items for BYU football and their aggressive pursuit of Power 5 conference inclusion. BYU and the Big 12 back in the news? In other words, it's a Thursday. (laughs) Plus, BYU's PGA rookie sensation on what it's like to play with Tiger Woods and beat him by 15 strokes. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're back to work post media day. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Thursday, June 25th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial into our show, always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Glenn Kozlowski's future biographer. Jerem Jordan. That was great yesterday. He's a funny dude. He took over our show and took over four decades of dominance. He takes over every interview. Yeah, he's it's, got a, it's his personality. He's got a fun personality. So and, good uh, luck with that right in the biography. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic moments. If you didn't see the Quote interview. Unquote, fun. If you didn't see the interview, watch it or download the podcast from yesterday. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> right, Jerem? Okay. I'll, I'll answer like Bronco on one of the questions in State of the Program. Yes. Which was hilarious. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Big 12 expansion talk. Oh, boy. Oklahoma President David Boren says the Big 12 should strive for a 12-team league, citing, we need to be true to our conference name and have 12 teams. Well, look out, Big 10. So here, here we go big again. Big 14. Here we go yeah. again. Yeah, here we go again. Listen, the Big 12 to BYU is the hot girl, and she mentions you in the hallway to a friend. So it's like, what? No, what? yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a little desperate <laughs> and you want to be included. You can't help but get a little bit excited. Yes, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. The NBA draft is tonight, 7 Eastern time in Brooklyn on ESPN. Tyler Haas hoping his name is called. You'd think sometime in the second round if he gets drafted. I don't think he gets drafted tonight. I hope he does, but the analyst says, I don't see Tyler Haas getting drafted. Either way, his plan is in place. But Yes, but I, I anticipate he'll play on an NBA Summer League team, uh, hopefully have a couple good games, get a shot in a camp, and then we'll see what happens. But the Spanish League team uh, is there. The, the, friend, the workshop of the friends of... Bas- the workshop club of... Friends of the basketball. We're just going to call it the workshop because that's a workshop. way better. Tyler Hawes and the workshop. Scored 20 for the workshop last night. <laughs> yeah. We really will do that. Utah State men's basketball announces it's playing at BYU on December 9th. The Aggies and Cougars renew the basketball rivalry just before Christmas. That'll be game eight of the season. Just a little nugget there. <laughs> Brendan Sander had 12 kills and two aces in a three-set loss to Brazil last night in the Pan American Cup in Canada. Sander and Team USA play El Salvador at 6 Eastern tonight. Beat El Salvador. Also, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The aggression era of BYU football. It's not a time to be complacent or wait around. Um, we're going after um, anyone that will play us from any conference, any place, um, to carve our way into um continuing to be an elite program uh, at BYU and it's designed that way it's not random Tom and I have chosen this road and I'm that's what I want between Bronco Mendenhall and his players there was this trend of vigorous outlooks 
that were presented yesterday during the 2015 edition of BYU Football Media Day. Well, here's your reality check. The evolution of BYU as an independent has gone through a major transformation in the last few years. Just reference the last three media days. Okay, I think back to a couple years ago, remember? Independence is sustainable. We can do this for a little while. How long? We don't know. But then okay. the college football playoff happened. <laughs> yes. Then last year, Bronco Mendenhall, prior to media day, spoke to the Austin American statesman, said, yeah, we want to be in the Big 12. And so last year was, okay, BYU finally admits they want to be in the Big 12. Then this media day was... We've got to get into a conference, and here are the action items associated with that. It's now or never for BYU and P5 inclusion. That's, that's the feeling I took away from yesterday. And now being the next, and Bronco said three years, in the next three years he thinks there's going to be a shift. So that's the now, the next three years, two, three years. Before we get into those specific action items, we ask you, what is the next step for BYU football to obtain Power 5 status? That is our Twitter question today. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Jaron Bronco Mendenhall made very clear what his action items were yesterday. Okay, play tough games is the first thing, right? BYU in 2015 is playing this really tough schedule, right? What we've been calling the top-to-bottom toughest schedule ever. BYU's played tougher teams on a schedule together. I think of, what was it, 91? Was it that? 91, and then 03 or 04, right? You played, you played tougher teams together in, say, the non-conference. This top to bottom, though, all the teams together average nine wins. It's crazy. Then you go to 2016. Sorry, 2016 is the one that, where they average nine wins. This September is crazy. You're playing an SEC team, uh, neutral. Cincinnati, Utah State. East Carolina, that's tough, okay? 2016 tough, 2017 tough as well, and it keeps going. You start to get some better home games, but this is tough. Okay, so that's number one, play tough games. Who cares about, play- who cares about playing tough games? You have to win some tough games. And number that is, two. That is number two. And then Bronco Mendenhall thinks that that will lead to an invite. If BYU wins tough games, that that will lead into an invite. I think there's more. I, I don't think it's that simple, and I think he would, ex- he would explain that to himself if he were asked that. But you, you schedule tough games, and you have to win some of those tough games. We look back at that Oklahoma game in 09 as the, you know, one of the biggest moments in BYU history. BYU is going to need a couple of those to make a splash on the national scene or win 10 games pretty consistently against these tough schedules. That's a lot to ask. This is risky. This is really risky. High risk, high reward. Because, Spencer, you could go the Boise State route and schedule a little down, win a bunch of games, win one or two big games, and then you're in. But here's the thing. Instead, BYU's trying to win a bunch of big games. Boise State has reached the ceiling. They have reached the ceiling. I want to be there. I want to be Boise State. They've reached the ceiling of what they can do. And BYU has has made it clear they don't want a ceiling. They don't want a ceiling. Boise State can't get into the college football playoff with their current model. They can't do it. I don't care about the college football but playoff. But BYU I wanna, does. I, why, why? They're not in a power five. That not should, for us to decide. That's what they care about. BYU. No, no, no. I think BYU cares more about being in a power five than they do a college fo- the college football playoff. The playoff doesn't matter right, for BYU right now. You're not, a, you're not even close to being in a position where that's something you can realistically talk about. Getting into a power five is far enough out, right? It's power five and then you go from there. Because then you have the access at that point. My point is, they don't want the Mountain West ceiling, which is Boise State. Yes. They don't want a ceiling. BYU won't go backwards. So, no, you don't want to be Boise State because you don't want the Mountain West. 
Yes, but I want to, I would rather be Boise State than in BYU's position right now, to be honest. Really? Yes. Oh, Yes, man. because you're relevant nationally. Boise State is really relevant Where in college going, football. Though? Where are they going? To New Year's Six games BYU's and winning. BYU's closer to a Power That's 5 conference doing. than Boise State is. But neither are in. Boise State is the most relevant non-P5 team in America. BYU wants that spot. BYU has chosen the opposite route. Play tough games in hopes of winning tough games. Bronco made it clear yesterday. They need to move and move now and go after it harder than ever before. He even broke down the money distribution in the Power 5 conferences per team to us. I mean, I and we've like, broken that down on this okay, show. Yeah. But it was interesting to have him do that here. Oh, you better believe he knows all the details and more. So Come to on. compete and sustain relevance, Power 5 inclusion is in the conversation. We have just outlined action items number one and two. Before we get to number three, which is kind of a result of number one and two, or what BYU hopes, let's talk about what BYU has done to get noticed in the recent past, and they need more of it. Roll it! It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has won five of its last eight games against Power 5 opponents. Thank you, Texas. Okay? Two of those five right there. Also, in Independence, BYU has played 17 games against Power 5 schools. BYU has plus 72 points in those games. If you do what you did to Texas, if there is more of that, action item number three is inevitable. You would think, and that is the Power 5 invitation. That's the action item you're striving for. If you can do more consistently of what happened against Texas, meaning you beat you beat notable teams on a national audience, you get noticed and you become more attractive. That's how Utah got in. That's how Utah got in. 04 and 08, they go undefeated. They win their BCS game. Uh, they beat Alabama. You know, they beat Pitt. Reverse order there. And they get in. And BYU's been jealous ever since. Uh, that they're in a Power 5, they have the money, they win nine games last year. They're in a situation where if they have a special season, they go to the college football playoff. All of these things are what BYU wants. And so it certainly helps. If BYU, say, goes you know, 3-1 and one in September, that does not equal a, a Power 5 invite from the Big 12. But it certainly helps. Is Sunday play going to be an issue? Is BYU TV and the ESPN contract going to be a discussion? Yes, all of that will be part of the discussion. And trust me, BYU will have to make concessions to uh, join the party because BYU doesn't own the party. The Big 12 does. But I feel that BYU would make the concessions necessary to make it happen. BYU never plans Sunday. They want BYU TV involved. Of course, we want to be involved with what we can. Can we have a live game? Can we continue to do our pre- and post-game shows? Can we have access to footage? Blah, blah, blah. All of that is secondary to the fact that BYU is trying to get into that, that conference. You figure out the details later. And wouldn't you know it, during all of the media festivities, the president of Oklahoma says he wants to be true to the conference name and get to 12 teams. Voila! Here we go again for the 491st time in the last 492 days. Guess who's back at the top of the list for Big 12 expansion candidates? Brigham Young University. This is, I wish that this was lighter fluid and it was a bonfire on a Friday <laughs> night. But it's a match that you're throwing into the wind. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. To me, this is do like... Do something about it! This is like your friend... Somebody do something! We just talk all the time! And I, ha- I have a specific friend in mind, and most of you have this friend, that promises to take you to the next big game. Oh, yeah, dude, I'll get playoff tickets. I'll get those concert tickets. Plan on it. 
plan on it. So you're like, uh, given your reputation, I, I know it's probably not going to happen. But you can't help but hold out hope. And then they go radio silent. Concert or game comes and goes. And you're like, Ugh, why did I even think that this was going to happen for one second? I can't handle it anymore. I don't really flinch because one, one president of one school, granted kind of the number two in that conference, says, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to be tw- have 12. Okay, okay, then do something about it. It's just one guy, right? There are a lot more people yeah, that have oh, totally. to be involved in that. There are, there are infinite numbers that need to be involved, or so, or so Nothing, it would seem. Nothing's changed, but I understand why we have to bring it up. But this is why Bronco Mendenhall is saying, look, forget your weak promises. Forget all this stupid stuff. Forget that friend. We're doing what we can. We're taking this into our own hands. Okay, I, and I totally get BYU's uh, standing on this. Listen. We don't want to be associated with the group of five. We think that we are bigger and better than that. I understand that. I'm talking about, and, and there's a tweet that I need to respond to. At D Young1993, looks like Brian Logan Seven's bad takes have rubbed off on Jeremy Jordan. Hashtag just say no to the Mountain West. I, I said nothing about going to the, back to the Mountain West. I think that BYU wants to be like Boise State, that they're nationally relevant. That's what I'm talking about. And the Boise State motto is to play a weaker schedule. Granted, they're ramping up. Win those big Why games. Why are they and ramping up, though? Because they want to be in the college football exactly. playoff. Exactly. But they are in a position that BYU's not been in for a long time. That's what I'm getting at. Nationally relevant, not in a power five. That's all I'm talking about. And you do that by scheduling. scheduling. You do it one of two ways. You do it by winning a bunch of games and win a couple big games. Or you do it by scheduling a bunch of tough games and hoping that you win several of those. Is BYU, BYU's playing five really tough games this year. If they go three and two, I'm ecstatic. If they go two and three, they go I think three that's and two, still they're pretty ranked good. and nationally relevant. They're probably a if, top twenty team if they go three and two in those fights. If they win all the rest of the games, BYU's not going to have four losses and be ranked. Three losses with a bowl win. Wow. Yes. Wow. You don't think they'll be ranked at nine and four? No. With I that don't. schedule, I don't. Ooh, you, they just okay. don't have. You don't have the respect outside the Power Five that a that a Power Five does. East Carolina got all this attention nationally last year for playing South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. They went 2-1. and one. They went 2-1 and one and got a ton of attention, got ranked. BYU's playing a way tougher September than that. This is ambitious, but if BYU pulls it off, as Bronco Mendenhall says, what if? That, and that can go both ways. High it could risk, be really high bad, reward. But it could be really good, too. And that's the, that's the risky part this with this This is what this BYU can year. control, though. This is what they can control. Like they're taking, they're throwing everything out. And say this is the part we can control. High risk, high reward. Let's go. That, and that's <laughs> it is what it is. It's really risky, and it, it's exciting. Right now, it's really exciting, and it's really easy to say, "Bring it on, everybody! Bring it on!" But when you get into the season, BYU's got to stay healthy. They got to make huge plays in huge games. The, the kicking games got to be amazing. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this. BYU, I'm really fired up today. For I some can reason. tell the BYU Big Twelve conversation wouldn't be the BYU Big Twelve conversation without something from Dennis Dodd of CBS. <laughs> I'll tell you what he said coming up later in the show. By the way, is it September 5th yet? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 72. I realized that the information that I put, I said after Saturday, made no sense. The 72 reference was in reference to this. BYU's plus 72. In its uh, games and independence, points-wise, against Power 5 schools. Okay. They're 10-6 so no against Power 5 teams in independence. Yeah. That's, you need to that's be pretty, pretty good, actually. You probably need to be 12-4, and four, which is what they're hoping for against elite competition. Up next, Blaine Fowler weighs in on our Twitter question and the debate we just had. This is BYU Sports Nation. I've got them 8-9 and nine in Indy.
What? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter, as usual, at BYU Sports Nation. You can always join our conversation, and it never stops using the hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> it didn't stop during the break, either. No, it didn't. Uh, if you missed any of BYU Football Media Day, download the, sh- the podcast on iTunes. It's free. Or go to BYUtv.org slash DVR. I'll repeat that. BYUtv.org slash DVR. You can watch BYU Sports Nation, State of the Program, Four Decades of Dominance. Uh, check it out. Great stuff from yesterday. Four hours of live programming. Jerem's fired up, baby. It's going to be a good day. What is the next step for BYU football to obtain Power 5 status? At C. Murphy Pro says, winning equals value. Value equals inclusion, or so we hope. I wish it was that simple. Win big games. Yeah, value monetarily uh, from a brand perspective. I mean, mostly money. All of this is about money in the end. Can BYU g- generate enough revenue? To no one can besides Notre Dame. So that's always a silly argument. The man who completed the first pass on ESPN's nationwide broadcast to launch things back in 1984 to one Glenn Kozlowski, Jerem Jordan, was Blaine Fowler. He My joins the Glenn. show now. Blaine, yesterday's media day was uh, full of very aggressive commentary, namely from Bronco Mendenhall. We're going to hunt our way into Power 5 inclusion. That was our biggest takeaway from media day was just they're going after it. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, I, you know, I think that, that that was, I guess, not surprising, but that that became an early theme yesterday. And we've all been talking about it behind the scenes, but it just kind of put it front and center that, yeah, independence is okay for now. It's better than what the status quo was before, better than being um, in, in the conference that they were in, especially from a financial perspective, but that, that they're not satisfied with that and that they're doing everything they can to raise the noise level and make sure that if expansion takes place again, that they're at the forefront of that, that they're the number one pick. I do believe that they're in that position, and especially in light of the comments that were, were made uh, coming out of Oklahoma um, this week, that, you know, hey, this talk of expansion for the Big 12 is not over, um, and, and they probably do need 12 teams. And I think BYU being really proactive and just stating, yes, we want to be in a conference. Yes, these are our merits. Yes, this is the financial boon we bring and the, and the fan base that we bring. This is who BYU is. I think it's important that they do that because I do believe sometime in the, in the not-so-distant future there's going to be expansion talk again, likely in the Big 12, and BYU needs to be in that position where they're the obvious first pick. I've got a sense of desperation in terms of – where BYU fits into this, because I fear that one day if BYU is not in a Power Five conference, that they, that it will be tough to be relevant. That BYU doesn't want to go backwards; um, they want to go forward. But it, but it's hard it's hard to be invited. The Big Twelve is going to have to choose BYU, and I'm not sure, Blaine, that there's a ton that BYU can do other than say winning a couple uh, some big games next year. Yeah, I mean, their schedule right now is good to keep them in, in the national perspective right now. I mean, we've talked about the 2015 schedule, and we've also on this show you know, outlined how crazy good that 2016 schedule is. Um, and right now, BYU has the leverage of ESPN as their television partner brokering some games. But how long can BYU continue to play all of these big games on the road? 
what what they're having a struggle doing is scheduling quality home opponents, big time P five opponents, late in the season. And I don't know that that changes dramatically as we move forward. And so to be able to get a, a, a fair and level playing field, to be able to be able to play these big time teams, but but get them in home and homes on a regular basis and have games in late October and November um, against quality opponents at home. It doesn't happen without being in a conference. And so I mean, that's got to be the next step. And I think, I think it starts with um, going out and continuing to prove that you belong. And, yeah, they're scheduling these great teams. We look at that schedule in 2016. It doesn't do you any good to play that schedule if you end up five and seven. It doesn't do you any good at all. Um, then there's a lot of the people that go, see, they don't belong. But if you go out with that kind of schedule and you win eight or nine or ten games, all of a sudden they go, wow, you know what? They would be a nice addition to a, a, a league. They're better than the midline of the of the Big 12, which I believe they are, but they got to go out and prove it. They can't schedule these teams and not win their fair share of games if they want to have national respect. How many games does BYU have to win in 2015 and maybe 2016 to be nationally relevant, Blaine. I think I think that eight is is a watershed mark for these next two seasons for people to acknowledge. Hey, you know what? Eight games or more with that schedule is is a very very solid program because they're playing a Pac-12 or Big 12 level schedule the next two years. In fact, in 2016, maybe even more. Um, I wouldn't say they're playing an SEC schedule yet, right? But certainly, if you look at the Big 12, there's really good teams in the Big 12, and there's average teams, and there's really bad teams in the Big 12. The schedule that BYU plays this year and next year, especially next year, is is every bit as any schedule that they would play as a member of the Big 12. So if you go out and you win eight games with these schedules or more, and with Taysom Hill as a senior, heck, I, I think I would be disappointed with anything less than nine this year. That's my own watermark. Really? Nine? I, because I just think if he stays healthy with the weapons they have offensively, if they can just be solid defensively, I think they have a chance. Yes, yes, so, yes. So I, I will be – I'm not saying that that's an easy task. I personally would be disappointed if they don't win nine games. I think nationally, if they win eight, hey, that's a good season. But every year I look for what I think would be a, a – very, very good season or an outstanding season. So to me, eight, okay, that's good. Against that schedule, that's really good, right? Nine is, wow, okay, now I'm taking notice. Now I'm happy. Ten is, that, that's outstanding. More than ten is like a dream season yeah. in either of these oh. next two seasons. So, so, so that's kind of my, that's my own personal, those are my own personal watermarks, right? I think from a national perspective, if people look at the schedule they're playing, respectability and hey, they belong big time is eight or more in both of these two seasons. When you look at the Big 12, you only had three teams uh, win nine games. When you look at the SEC and Pac-12, if you won nine games, at least nine games, you were ranked. Ah, Do you, do you think that if BYU, let's say BYU goes nine and four, do they finish the season ranked? Are they right there? Or does it need <laughs> ten and three? No, no, I think it's possible. Ten and three is an automatic with this schedule. Um, but at nine, it depends on who those losses are against and when. But you know how that goes. And so, so if you are two and two in, uh, um, in September, people are going to go, wow, that was 
very good in September, right? And then maybe you lose one more down the stretch, and that one more is Missouri on the road. And Missouri's really good. So all of a sudden you got nine wins and you're ranked then because it's the quality of the losses, especially if a couple of them were early on. If you if you go out and you lose games late in the season against teams that you're just supposed to beat, uh, because maybe you're beat down or you've been injury prone at that point and you're shorthanded, now you're even with that number of wins. If those losses are against bad teams and you don't, you know, you don't have a chance to kind of overcome that with time by losing games early. Now I don't think you are ranked with with nine. I think you're you, you've got a problem at that point. It depends on who you lose to and when you lose. If you're going to be ranked with nine. And that's probably, you're probably getting ranked late in the season. It'd be nice to have some mid-season relevance. But here's what I think we've come up with based on the discussion between the three of us. That eight wins for BYU would be, okay, look, that was really tough, and that's a pretty good result. Nine would be, okay, probably exceeded expectations from sports books, from Phil Steele on expectations, from my expectations, probably getting ranked. And then 10 is like, whoa. I'm telling you, if Taysom, if Taysom stays healthy... I think BYU wins 10 games. I am assuming health for Taysom on my eight projection. Blaine, where are you on? Okay, let's let's transition now to the latest Big 12 conference nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about it. Okay. Sure, Sure enough, during the media day madness yesterday, the president of Oklahoma says, we need to get back to 12 teams. I want to expand. And at the top of the list, again... For another day is BYU being discussed as a Big 12 member. What, what is your raw reaction to hearing that news once again? First off, when I heard it, I thought, okay, this is, it's not big news if Kansas's guy says that, right? So it has to be Oklahoma or Texas that make that comment for it to be nationally relevant. So, so who it was was important. This is one of the big two that have a great tradition and have a lot of clout in terms of their influence in that league. So when I heard that it was Oklahoma that was making this comment, I thought, okay, well, this has merit now, and this is good news for BYU that that discussion is back on the table. And and believe me, Oklahoma's not going to come out and make that kind of a statement unless there's some discussions going on behind the scenes about whether or not they need to expand. So my feeling is that was very, very good news for BYU that one of the power brokers in that league all of a sudden has brought that back and put it back on the table. And so now for BYU, they, they have to win games and be relevant for them to consider uh, them for being that number one team and to continue to be in that spot. Blaine Fowler, the elite businessman, analyst, and BYU proponent. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for the insight. All right, guys. How many beeps did we have today, just out of curiosity? Because that's what he always talks about. One. That's pretty good. One beat, yes. That's, that's got to be some type it's like of a record. like a 10-win season. It. Yeah, that's, that's a 10-win season, Blaine. That's, one beat is an elite performance by this phone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Elite is none. <laughs> okay, elite is none. So we're going to say this was an excellent performance by yes, my phone and really, by your yes. system. Ve- really we have good. had no beats for it to be considered elite and be nationally ranked in the top five. So this was just kind of a top 15 performance. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Very okay. good. <laughs> thanks, Blaine. All right, guys. Thanks. Up next, what is it like to play with Tiger Woods in a PGA Tour event? Hey, dealing right with- now? Awesome. Yeah, okay. Well, especially <laughs> when you beat him by 15 shots.
We find out next the specifics from BYU alum and PGA rookie Zach Blair. BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can download the show podcast on iTunes. Stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. Don't forget, you can go to the BYUstore.com, get your BYU Sports Nation swag on. we got shirts, blue goggles. Check it out on the BYUstore.com. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with Big 12 expansion uh, talk. Okay. Now, don't start that again. <laughs> the end of Jungle Book? Is that what that's Yeah. Pretty much. Oklahoma President David Boren says the Big 12, quote, should strive for... A 12-team league. Then do something about it. And at the top of the list, BYU, as always, as a viable option for Big 12 expansion. Well, we think BYU's at the top of the list, right? There's some others there, too. NBA draft tonight, 7 Eastern in Brooklyn on ESPN. ESPN. Tyler Hawes, hoping to hear his name called tonight. That would be awesome. I think that'd be, uh, that'd be a pretty awesome thing if Tyler Hawes heard him name, his name tonight. If you're a first-round pick, you got a guaranteed contract. Second round pick, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, Tyler is banking on just proving his way into the league. Banking. Oh, he nice. He will be banking. That was an unintentional oh, pun. Double bank okay. pun. <laughs> wow. Utah State men's basketball announcing it will play at BYU in the newly renovated Marriott Center on December 9th. Little pre Christmas special for in state. Uh, rivalries, at least that uh, when you look at the Aggies and the Cougars. So uh, a matchup that I like. I love it. I hope BYU plays every in-state foe. Absolutely. I also want to mention that Utah State's playing Oklahoma State Panhandle in an exhibition. That's I didn't even know that was a, a school. Mark That's that awesome. down as a sellout. Brenton, BYU's playing crazy exhibitions too. Brendan Sander had 12 kills, two aces, and a three-set loss to Brazil last night in the Pan American Cup in Canada. Sander and Team USA play El Salvador tonight at 6 Eastern. It's been a football-heavy week, understandably, because of BYU Football Media Day yesterday. Oh, yeah. But we've had our own flair of PGA swag on BYU Sports Nation. We talked to Daniel Summerhays earlier after his top 30 finish at the U.S. Open and also recently spoke to BYU standout Zach Blair as he continues his rookie campaign on the PGA Tour, including playing with Tiger Woods. How would that be a few weeks ago? Tee it up! Zach Blair enjoying a very, very successful PGA Tour rookie campaign. Zach, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start with uh, the simple things, and it's not simple at all, really. What did you have to go through to make it to the PGA Tour? Um, yeah, it was kind of a weird process for me. I, I got done with my college golf, and I went to Q School, and uh, made it all the way from pre-qualifying to final stage, um, but didn't have a great showing at final stage, finished like 65th or 70th, and uh, the top 40 guys get their cards. So I had kind of a limited status on the web.com tour last year and didn't get into really many events, so I went down and played the PGA Tour Latin America and uh, played there kind of the first half of the year. And then I uh, was fortunate to get into the one of the last few events on the Web.com tour up in Canada 
it was, you know, there was like seven or eight events left and played well up there and kind of reshuffled in for the rest of the year based on uh, the money I made and then made it to the playoffs and had a good run at the playoffs in that last event and got my tour card. What was that moment like when you realized I made it to the PGA Tour? Um, It was awesome, really. You know, it's kind of what I dreamed of growing up my whole life was playing on the PGA Tour. So, you know, when I had that good finish at that last event, it was kind of um, a really cool moment, I think, for me and my family uh, to kind of know that, you know, that's kind of what I had been dreaming of and it actually happened and pretty quick, too. So it was awesome. What was that first PGA tournament like for you, Zach? It was really cool um, teeing it up with, you know, a lot of those guys you grow up watching on TV and stuff like that. Um, so it, it was really neat. We had a good time. I had a good show in. I actually was in the final group <laughs> on Sunday, that first event I ever played. So it was pretty kind of eye-opening. Um, so it was fun. When you when you talk about the PGA Tour Latin America, give us an idea of what that experience was like. <laughs> Yeah, um, like like I said, it's down in South America, so it, it was it's a good little tour, you know. The PGA Tour runs it, so you know it's not like it's um, shady or anything like that. It's it's really cool. <laughs> each uh, <laughs> each uh, each country basically is putting on like their national open, so you know it's you know you play really nice courses. They got pretty good fields down there, so I had a good time. It taught me how to travel and you know, how to, you know, manage my game in different places. So it was it was a good experience for me, I think. Zach Blair, PGA Tour rookie, former BYU golf standout on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned being in the final group in your first tournament, Zach. I believe you were t- you were paired with Tiger Woods, were you not? Uh that was that was like two weeks ago. Okay, that, that was, was at the memorial. That was at the memorial. Okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. St- are you starstruck at any point or are you just kinda like in the zone? Um, I was really excited when that happened. You know, we'd kind of been watching the leaderboard a little bit that Friday at the Memorial and saw that there was a definite possibility that we were going to play with them. And then when it actually happened and we got our tee times, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty pumped because he's always been my favorite golfer and everything like that. So it was really exciting to play with him. And, you know, definitely, you know, I hit balls next to him on the range and was like, wow, this is actually happening. So, yeah, I think I was a little starstruck there for a little bit, but, you know, once we teed it up and got going, he was really nice and everything like that. So it, it was a good experience. And unfortunately he struck, struggling mightily but didn't you outshoot him by like 15 strokes or something one day for the tournament yeah that day i shot 70 and he shot 85 or something like that so it wasn't his best day but you know he like i said he was great towards me he was really nice and was never mean or anything like that especially you know with the day he was having he could have been um you know not that friendly but the whole time he was great in your yeah, wildest, really cool. in your wildest dreams, did you ever imagine that scenario playing out? Uh, not really, not like that. I always, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd always dreamed of playing with him and beating him, uh, but never really like that. So it was unfortunate to see him not play his best, but it was still an awesome experience with all the fans and you know, with him being my golf idol and everything like that. As a wannabe basketball player, my whole life, I can't. Uh, imagine outscoring Michael Jordan by 25 in a pickup game or something. Um, Zach, can you can you play golf for fun? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I do it every day, you know. Uh, besides when I'm playing in tournaments, you know, I try to maybe take it a little more serious. But, um, yeah, I definitely have fun doing it. I always play with my friends when I'm back home and stuff like that. So I enjoy it a lot. Can you mini golf or is that too much? Yeah, yeah. My dad actually, we uh, when I was growing up, my dad owned uh, Mulligan's Golf and Games and stuff like that. So we would mini golf a lot. <laughs> Wait, so, so where you, you own the game? You, you is that own, where you your learned dad, how to putt? Your dad owned Mulligans? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I have a deep connection with Mulligans because that was my respite after a stressful day in high school to go and hit <laughs> golf balls at the lighted driving range at Mulligans yeah. Golf Course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we grew up playing a lot of mini golf and hitting a lot of balls, you know, under the under the lights on the range. So that's kind of how I grew up playing. I went through a lot of breakups at Mulligan's. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Why so many breakups? Okay, that's another. Totally different topic. That's a question for another time. Let's focus on Zach. Hey, Zach, with with two other BYU, uh, former BYU Cougars on the tour, what's that like and how much interaction do you have with uh, Daniel Summerhays and Mike Weir? Yeah, we see each other, you know, most most every week. And they're um, both two guys that, you know, I grew up looking up towards, I think. Um, they've always been extremely nice and extremely helpful. And so when I made it out here, you know, nothing really changed. They, you know, they were always willing to help out if I needed anything, and they've, they've been great role models, I think. You're at the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. What is the thing to do in Cromwell, Connecticut, other than play golf? Um, I'm not really sure, honestly. We, we just uh, stopped down today and went and visited kind of the Yale campus down there and uh, you know, went and got a bite to eat down there, but I'm not really too sure what else there is to do around here. You'll have to let us know later. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, when, when you're teeing off, and it's the PGA Tour, you have some big crowds at some of these tournaments, what are some of the BYU-friendly, most distracting things that you've heard yelled from the crowd? Um, you hear the Royal Strong and uh, true chant a lot oh people and, that know uh, you're a former cougar nice yeah yeah um you, you hear a lot of go cougars or go byu and stuff like that you see a lot of jimmer for uh jerseys or t-shirts <laughs> jimmer t-shirts is <laughs> the <a> course <laughs> <laughs> yeah we saw we saw a bunch of those at the memorial the group of guys came out and watched so that was cool but I think you get a lot of uh, – I think BYU fans travel pretty well, even on the golf course. So it's been nice to see some, you know, fans out there. We so, re- yeah, go ahead, Jim. So if Spencer and I show up and, and you're playing and you, and you swing and, it's the, and then it becomes okay to maybe, maybe cheer or say something, what kinds of things would you like people to say? Because there's always the get in the hole guy. You know, no one likes that guy, right? But what do you, what do you want uh, said if we showed up? Um – you know, I think the best fans just, you know, really know when to clap and when to say good shot and stuff like that. I think those are the, you know, most respectful fans, I think. I think a lot of those those guys that get yelling and stuff like that kind of take it a little overboard. Jeremy, you know, that rules think, you out, uh, dude. Jeremy's ruled out because he can't yell. I can't, yeah, I can't yell. Dang it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, mostly just, you know, nice shot or good shot and stuff like that is pretty nice to hear. Zach Blair is with us on BYU Sports Nation on the PGA Tour at the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut, getting ready for the tournament this weekend. Okay, Jerem asked this question recently to Daniel Summerhays, and I want to ask the same question to you, Zach. 
and that is it's it's Sunday and you're in contention. Let's say you're you're at least in the top ten, and you know every putt counts. What what's going through your mind in those ladder holes? When are you thinking about you know just reading the green, you know the schematics of it all, or is the situation of oh my goodness this putt could be worth like twenty thousand dollars? Does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, I think I'd be lying, you know, if it if it hadn't crossed my mind a couple of times. Uh, but I, I think you kind of play your best when that stuff isn't really going on, you know, when you're just kind of focused on, you know, going through the process and stuff like that. I think that's when you play your best and kind of tend to make make more of those putts. So I probably shouldn't be thinking about some of those things. But you know, occasionally, more 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 often than not, it's after the after the 18th hole, and you're like, gosh, that that was a that was an expensive one or that one was, you know, made me a little money. So I should do a better job of that, I guess. You just take yourself back to Mulligan's and you relax, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's the key to it all. Zach, great to have you on the show. We wish you the best of luck this weekend at the Travelers Championship. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. The amount of frustration that I took out on golf balls at Mulligan's <laughs> is very notable. I went to Mulligan's too growing up. There are two. Yeah, there are one where you grew up. One by and, me and uh, one by you. Other end of the valley where I grew up. So there you go. <laughs> Zach Blair, by the Random. way, tees off in 40 minutes at the Travelers Championship in Connecticut. His BYU buddy, Daniel Summers, won over through 15 holes in the first round. And uh, 2003 Masters champ, BYU alum Mike, we are also won over through 17 holes. Yeah, he actually finished up, so he's two over now. Okay. He, he bogeyed the 18th, unfortunately. Up next, do you really want to be Boise State over BYU? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. If you missed any of BYU Football Media Day yesterday, go to byutv.org slash DVR. I'll repeat that, byutv.org slash DVR. You can watch State of the Program, BYU Sports Nation, four decades of dominance. Check it out. Also, if you missed BYU Sports Nation yesterday, a two-hour edition with a bunch of awesome guests. It was fantastic. Bronco Taysom, Jamal Mitch, Bron- uh, Bronson. Uh, Glenn Kozlowski. Did I miss anybody? Mitch yeah, Matthews. You would put Glenn Kozlowski last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were all on the show. Download the show podcast on iTunes. You need to see it. You need to watch it or listen to it. It's really good. Hey, at uh, Derek uh, Scherer, BYU Sports Nation member, okay. he says, Spencer and Jerem, hey now, hey now, hey now. There are plenty of things to do around Cromwell, Connecticut. It's a beautiful state, close to a lot of locations. I love Connecticut. I loved my experience. I don't remember dogging on Cromwell last year. No. Oh, during the Zach Blair interview. I just said, "Did Zach dog on?" No, no. I said, "What's the best thing to do in Cromwell, Connecticut Mm, besides play golf?" Okay. I love Connecticut. I mean, I was just in Connecticut sightseeing for days when I was there in East Hartford last August. It was it was amazing. It was beautiful. Oh, I, yeah. Good to hear from Dirk. We're backpedaling. <laughs> Brian Loganing. That's what we call that. <laughs> Our Twitter question. What is the next step for BYU football to obtain Power 5 status? Before we get into uh, a wealth of your answers, I want to bring back, back up something that Jeremy and I were discussing that just happened to come up during the show. And, and, and that happened when Jeremy said, I would rather be Boise State than BYU. And so I'm going to ask you again, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a chance mm-hmm. to answer this again. Would you really Thank you. be Boise State over BYU? Okay, the part of Boise State that I want, and in question is, can you, can you have one and the other? Probably not. I want Boise State's credibility. I want Boise State's New Year's Six and BCS wins and undefeated seasons. I want their uh, reputation 
I want their winning ways. That's what I want. I don't want their stadium. I don't want their blue turf. I don't want Albertson Stadium. I don't want... G5 designation? Well, here's the thing. Would you rather be the king of G5 or independent, single dating, hoping that... It's, it's tough because right now, I, would I rather be back in the Mountain Answer West? Answer the question. No. Would I rather be back in the Mountain West? No. Okay, so that's, but I want, that's Boise State, though. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I get it. I get it. Can you have one without having the other? Part of the reason Boise State is Boise State is because of the whack in the Mountain West. Correct. It's, in fact, it's a they lo- have They have peaked. Give, give them credit for what they've done as that person, right? Has any other team been like them? No. In college football? No. TCU leveraged that into the Big 12, and now they are a top five Boise team. State wants to be TCU, and it's not going to happen. They'll never get into a power five not because of happen. location, unfortunately. I was born outside of Boise. Love the area, but that's never they're okay, because of so that, they'll never be in a power five. Let's say BYU does the inevitable. Okay, I shouldn't say inevitable. Inevitable? What you, I was like, what are you, where are you going? Uh, give me the blue goggles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's, say, let's say BYU gets a Power 5 invite, okay? That is the hope and dream of then, every Cougar Then fan. Boise State wants to be BYU. It doesn't matter about the BCS wins. I think Boise State's comfortable because they have access to the, to the New Year's Not six. if you read their me- – not if you follow the team through media. Like, they want to they be with the big boys now. They're like, hey, we've done, we've done the BCS thing. We've, we've done the New Year's Six Bowl. We've won those games. We want a shot at the next level. Go undefeated next year, and you could be in the playoff because they have the street cred. They're the but only they G5. Have the schedule? They're the only G5 that has they the don't street have cred. The, they don't have the schedule. They're though. ramping up, dude. They're going to play Oregon State, Michigan State, and BYU. Can in, they in go undefeated the against those Probably those not, teams. and that's where BYU is at. We're not talking undefeated with these schedules, so I, do you and I kind of love it. Do you want to be Boise State or BYU? Answer the question. I don't know. Like, because <laughs> you're, you're asking me if I want to go back to the Mountain West. Exactly. You have to and take I, everything that goes with Boise State. And I do not. So the answer is no. Okay. There you go. That, yet, that is the yet, correct answer. Yet, what Boise State does is pretty incredible. I respect the heck out of that program. What's the next step for BYU football to obtain the dream Power 5 status? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Jmort007. Win. Nice. Got to have multiple 10-win seasons. This happens by staying healthy and more depth, starting with the offensive line. Okay. Well, I mean, that's getting really specific. I'm looking at multiple 10-win seasons. I don't know if that's going to happen back-to-back in 2015 and 2016. 10 wins this year would be amazing. 10 wins next year. (laughs) With with BYU's personnel, they have to prove with this schedule that it could be done, that a 9-plus win season could be done. Because next year... It's going to be tougher, a little less experience. New quarterback, tougher schedule. That makes no sense. Up next, we get you caught up to date with the win. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. The NBA draft is tonight at 7 Eastern in Brooklyn on ESPN. Tyler Haas is hoping to hear his name called tonight. Also, Utah State, what what do they do? Break BYU basketball news. They say they're playing BYU on December 9th, so the Cougars and Aggies in Provo, December 9th. Men's Volleyball. Brendan Sander had 12 kills and two aces in a three-set loss to Brazil last night in the Pan American Cup in Canada. Sander and Team USA play El Salvador tonight at 6 Eastern. Cougars in the PGA. At the Travelers Championship in beautiful and exciting Cromwell, Connecticut, <sighs> Mike Weir finished round one at two over. Daniel Summerhays is one over through 16, and Zacharias Blair tees off this afternoon. 
Baseball. Jacob Brugman went three for five with the go-ahead home run in the top of the ninth for the Midland Rockhounds. Adam Law, also in the minor leagues, playing double-A ball, was two for four with an RBI and a stolen base for the Tulsa Drillers. Future guests tomorrow, Brian Kill and Heather Olmstead on the show. And then next week, Colton Shaver, who will be in the college uh, baseball home run derby, and Mike Littlewood will join us as well. Mike's going to throw to Colton Shaver there. Very cool. Yeah, we had obviously had a bunch of guys in the building that formerly played football at BYU yesterday, and uh, a number of them uh, mentioned a desire to come on BYU Sports Nation. So look forward to more of that. I wouldn't expect anything else. Yeah. Fun, I, funnest, uh, funnest person to meet yesterday that I hadn't met before, Omar Morgan. I know we talked to him on the show, but... Omar was great. It was awesome, dude. He was great. Derwin, how about Derwin Gray yesterday, by the way? Very emotional. Oh, what, what he said in... Uh, Four decades of dominance about the legacy that you leave and you become ink. Someone in the crowd went, ooh. Yeah, how about Dennis Pitta vying for your job? Yeah, that happened. That was, <laughs> that was later. Yeah. He said, I can replace Jerem, right? Get me on the show, man. He was like, hey, how come I was out last year but not this year? I was looking forward to that. Like, hey, oh, okay. Well, why, why don't you just make me a co-host? Get Dennis, don't call him Pita Pitt, Pitta on the show, man. <laughs> Let's go back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What is the next step for BYU football to obtain Power 5 status? At Nick Newman 801 says, there is no step. It's out of our hands, which really, really stinks. Just win. Well, is it entirely out of their hands? Because apparently there's ramping up the schedule and trying to win important games to get noticed more. So I don't think that there's nothing they can do because they're doing, it looks like, everything they can do. Win, baby. Yeah, win those games. So that is something you can do. You can win. At Laser Sheep. I think Broncos had the best. Hunt teams down. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. You need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to a man we just mentioned, Jacob Brugman, doing work in double-A baseball. That guy won. Hit a homer in the ninth to win, man. Elite tweet of the day. JC Paul NH. <laughs> need more people watching BYU TV sports and emphasize how we are expanding the market footprint nationally and internationally. All right.